Okay. Okay. Oh. All right. <laughs> Good morning, hoes. It is your, uh, not the hoe I used to be hoe today. And I have a lovely guest today, Lola. She goes, Lola Speaks. Yes, ma'am. Another poet. I love poetry. You guys know how I feel about expressing yourself, especially positively. So introduce yourself, ma'am. Hey, y'all. I am Miss Lola Speaks. I am a spoken word poet. I am a forest. I'm originally from New York. Um, I moved down to San Antonio. It's been like a consistent, like over, well, I would say a year and a half now um, being down here. And so I've been connecting i've been building i've been meeting dope women (laughs) and dope spaces um and i've been speaking i've been you know out there with my work so yes i'm lola speaks miss lola speaks okay uh why did you choose texas or did you not choose was it a choice was it not a choice i feel like texas chose me um it's funny <laughs> i i'll be 30 next day okay um originally i moved out here like i was in a relationship um in new york left the relationship and i had a, a best friend childhood best friend that had came to san antonio she was like texas is so different from new york come like yes. come it's not as stressful and then i'm like okay got down here got a job the next day everything was just easy flowing i'm like all right But I stayed here for six months. I ended up going back home, you know, um, for 10 years. And every year I'm like, I'm going back. I'm going back. I'm going back. Yeah. Um, Because I did cultivate a sisterhood um, with a woman who ended up getting married, who ended up having a son. And I'm Godmom. That's dope. So every year I'm like, I'm coming back, sis. And she's like, girl, bye. (laughs) (laughs) And then the pandemic hit. I was working with Child Protective Uh. Services. Um, doing, I was a social worker in the city. It was just a lot of overwhelming work um, where you're focused on trauma, you're focused on getting our families and our children, you know, the support they need without the actual resources. And I hit a cap and I'm like, yeah, it's time to go somewhere and, you know, and, and make myself happy. And so Texas was that place for me. Let me ask you a question just because I'm actually studying and going to school to work in child protective services. And I know you did it over there in New York. Is that? Yes, girl. I did. I was a liaison. I'm sure, I'm sure anywhere it's going to be stressful. I'm yeah. sure. Especially in a place like you said where they don't give you the proper resources to do what you got to do or whatnot. Um, how... So I talk about this a lot, and I know we joke, but uh, I'm not a big, even though I have two of them, I don't like kids. <laughs> so I always joke. You're a rich auntie turned mom, but let me know. <laughs> I could have been that, you know, and uh, I always tell my kids, like, um, especially my daughter, because I had her when I was 16, like, and I was raised Catholic, I said, you know, luckily I believed solely 100% in Jesus Christ back then. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a different religion now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, I grew up Catholic, but that's not what I practice. Yes, yeah. exactly. I love the way you said that. Because, girl, have, we do not subscribe to that shit. No, okay. ma'am. No, no ma'am. ma'am. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, but then I did. So I had told her, had it not been for the fact that, you know, I thought I was going to go to hell at the time, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> I would have chose the other, not life, 
<laughs> shit now we all got a choice the fuck oh who you telling girl like yes. like honestly see i'm like you know my get out of ch- you know and i shouldn't say like abortion is a get out of jail free card but mm-hmm. what if i wanted to use my shit like mm-hmm. legit uh, no chances i should have got it while the iron i should have struck while the iron was hot like <laughs> this <laughs> is fucking insane and it's crazy no you're right you're right it is um but yeah, that's what I always think. Like, why? Uh, well, how stress? Having said that, how stressful was it for you? I always think, not that I don't empathize with kids, but I have dealt with personally kids that ended up uh, didn't get taken, and I felt like they probably would have been better off in foster care because the parents that ended up taking them ended up being drug addicts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? So I always felt like if you needed to remove a kid. I probably could do it but I say that and you don't know until you actually have to go through that process go through the process so I say what I say to people is like it's two sides of the coin um but no matter what it is I'm a real bitch no matter what space Mm -hmm. that I occupy so even as a social worker you're getting a real bitch as a social worker yeah so I'm educating my families because this is, um, ACS is another system, right? Yeah. And so a lot of times it comes with people being miseducated. And so because of the miseducation, there comes this illusion of oppression. Yeah. So for example, mom's over here thinking, oh, I can't even smoke weed. When the, the issue isn't you smoking weed, it's what does the care of the child looks like when you're engaging in such things, yeah. right? So being able to... Um, alleviate a lot of stress a lot of fear within my families that were in my community um, that I worked with specifically like because I was a liaison between the school the courts and agencies and like like basically four entities like everyone that's involved the ACS case I'm the one working the cases I'm the one coordinating it I was like way past the case manager so at this point in time I'm like I'm I'm literally an advocate that's that was my position and so with advocate with advocacy you know it puts you in a space where you you know you try to have a deeper understanding of everyone's position every stakeholder and then educating and empowering them and I think that that is what kind of also put like a target on my back so to speak because they don't get paid if they don't have these family going through revolving doors but as a black woman in this community that knows what you know acs can do to a black family i'm going to empower my families i'm going to educate them on how to get out the rat race and so that was something that was also like i guess an extra you know an extra tear of stress for me because it doesn't pay to be real at times, especially in corporate America. And at the end of yeah. the day, like, you know, ACS is a governing body, but it's still corporate America. And so that was like, I think that that was more so because, you know, when it came to when it comes to severe child abuse, no one in my caseload really had that going on. So like even when it may be neglect um, and neglect based in their lack of instability or mental health. And, you know, we get the resources and the support that they need with that. But it wasn't like I had intentional, neglectful, bad parents. Yeah. A lot of my cases were single moms with no dad in the home. Yeah. Battered moms, you know, with no dad. Like, it was, those were specifically the cases I dealt with. I dealt with women that were well to well to do. I dealt with women that, you know, they had dealt with a man that was well to do. And it became abusive. And now they're all on their own. And they're still legally married. I dealt with those things. And I felt like there was more, it was more a space where I empowered women 
despite their situations and educated them and it was more of a spiritual experience to me than it was like you get what i'm saying like yeah. than it was a professional but nonetheless i still tell people it's a system it's you know a you're lot right. of times mm-hmm. even when you're working a part of it you have to be cognizant of that and move within your own principle okay okay that's a good insight because you're right at the end of the day i think like that too because i work for corporate america and that is <laughs> its own corporate america even it's it's like you're kind of working for the government and there it is right there you know what i mean <laughs> pretty yeah. much sums it up which is why the system i feel anywhere not maybe especially here in texas uh is so flawed you know what i mean like i'm sure you've heard the whole gabriel hernandez how they uh that kid they had a whole thing on netflix that happened in california and he died, oh yes you yes know? yes you know what i'm saying like it's it's flawed so flawed and it's just sad uh that <clears throat> they skip things and like I said I knew personally a, a kid uh, my ex his cousin they ended up adopting him and I feel like she would have done a lot better in foster care because his family was so I mean he's addicted to drugs you know what I mean and there it is right there she ended up getting pregnant young like maybe foster care would have been better the younger she was so she could have got a family that was gonna take proper care of her mm-hmm. but removals are their own trip as well because it's like you know you're taking that child out of their environment whether whatever no matter how bad the environment is that's still home in their mind yes and so they're going into a new space there may be different things they have to adhere to a lot of sexual abuse transpires in these situations Mm -hmm. so sometimes it is like throwing a kid from you know um the fire into the frying pan so to speak you know and putting them between a rock and a hard space so or a hard place and so it's not 100 percent foolproof i don't think that anything in the system will always be 100 percent proof i don't uh foolproof i don't think that it's one you know one size fit all like it's definitely not it with the system but i feel like as you develop as a case manager or you know in these spaces you start to develop a different type of judgment so you can make judgment calls according to what's going on yeah because sometimes what the system will have you do is very extreme and it's uncalled for yeah yeah and then i also had a friend who uh wasn't doing so well and i was her safe space where the state would come in and it was when i had my house and uh but she wasn't doing well. They would drug test her in front of me, and I knew she was going to fail, and I didn't want to be there for all that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I couldn't control her because she's not my daughter. You know what I mean? She's not. But in the end, I had to end up telling her, look, I can't do this if you're not going to get better. I hate the fact that Texas weed is so illegal because it's like in New York, it became socially a yes. thing before. The only thing was it wasn't weed that she was doing. You know what? I'm going to mind my business. Now that I would have backed her up 100%. Like, you know what? It was, she needs it. You know, or it'd be like, you know, it was the whiff. She got it from the wind, you know? No, girl. It was hard drugs. So, uh, and I saw it myself. And that's why I had to remove her because I'm all advocate for cannabis. I am all for it. But <laughs> anything else? What do I, I always say if it comes from the ground you're good and then my kids will joke but the cocoa bean comes from the ground too <laughs> I'm like no kids mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not it- the same thing but I believe the same thing I say honestly if you're a person of color all you need is weed anything other than that 
It's extra. It is. It's it unnecessary. Is. Did it go? Did it not work? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you have a trick. Maybe it's out. <laughs> maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I usually have stuff here. That's cool. Um, you know what? Hold on. Give me a few seconds. I can edit. Don't worry. Thank you. Oh, look at this. This is just the hospitality. Thank you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay. So, next question. And mm -hmm. I asked all my guests this. <clears throat> uh, well, first and foremost, did you grow up in New York? Yes, ma'am. What part of New York? I'm from Charlotte, Staten Island, Wu-Tang, really? you know what I'm saying? Yes, okay. Killer Hill. <laughs> you were born and raised there. Yes, um, I so I was born and raised in New York, but I moved over. No, I was not military, but my father was just African, and they come here for milk and honey, and they will locate it by any means. It's that's how that's how like sometimes the people from Mexico are. So mm -hmm. <laughs> you know how it is. <laughs> so I moved to uh, PG County around uh, when I was like going into the fourth grade okay then i moved to allegheny county going into middle school and then i was just in a whole bunch of shit and then i got sent to alternative school in arizona and then i wound up back in you know brooklyn but i never throughout my period of time when i moved i never stopped going to new york i was there every weekend every summer so i never lost never any visited. yeah like i visited i practically lived there like yeah. so it never changed or altered anything for me and, and I'm sure the difference must be between here and over there is a huge difference, I'm sure. Energetically, absolutely. How, how, what In what sense? Um, New York is a melting pot. It mm -hmm. is a city that never sleeps. Um, and so for that, it's hard to find rest. It's very Concrete hard. jungle where dreams are made of. <laughs> yes, but it's hard to find rest and... It's very taxing because you have to choose between pursuing purpose and surviving. And okay. so there's a lot of unhappy people, a very, a lot of unfulfilled people, a lot of crab, you know, in a bucket mentality. Yeah. A lot of scarcity. And I recognize that. And it's like, even when you're doing some shit that's positive and all those things, it's not really well received and supported at times because people are wishing that. Oh, I came up with that because that's making money versus how can I add to that to create more value so I could eat too. Yeah. So. Well, um, I've never gone. I've always wanted to visit myself. So my daughter has. We can make that happen. <laughs> okay, so you're fine. Um, so first and foremost, what does the word home mean to you? Oh. There's no right or wrong answer. Jennifer. I feel home is liberation. I, I think that um, 
Hoeing, we t we typically that's when when we hear the term hoe, it's you know associated with women, mm -hmm. um, you know, and we're supposed to be kept. We're supposed to be quiet about sexuality. We're supposed. That's why I love this new age of women. It's like I love sex and I think about it and I want it and I want it like this. I love that, but also you know, I feel like hoeing is also being intentional about your exploration mm -hmm. like right now one of my close friends it's you know one of my closest friends in the world right now we are completely opposites like you know she is a, a latina she is married how is she's poly she's very open in things and meanwhile i'm like okay i love options but i don't think i'm poly i you know i love is she okay there's there's polygamy and there's polyamorous which one is she polyamorous oh I am too. <laughs> you see, and it's like you get what I'm saying, and it's just like, but it's community building. I love that the the perspective I'm getting from it. I personally am. Uh, I love. I'm into monogamy. Maybe you know that's that's, okay. that's a thing. That's okay. But also, I remember a point in time where I did have, you know, uh, you know, two boyfriends and a girlfriend. And I was completely honest and open with it. And that's. I was the happiest because I was like, you know, I think that I'm experienced and when I'm when when people try to possess me, mm -hmm. that's when it never goes over well. So when that space, when you already let them know, like, I cannot be possessed, it was one of those situations like my ex-girlfriend was the first one to be like, fuck this, like. You know, because I was going to an Oprah seminar. And I'm, like, going with, you know, my boyfriend. So I'm like, but you can come, too. I got you a ticket. She was like, fuck all of that. I was like, okay. Um, but I never allowed. I gave everyone the choice. Yeah. Yes. And that's, that's what it is. You let everybody. People seem to think that just because you're, you don't all have to, what do you call it? Be sleeping with each other. Everybody just knows. About, but I, now, if you want that, I think I, that's, I what what pissed okay. me off, <laughs> motherfuckers be trying to vet me into their situations. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, and I'll be like, nah, motherfucker. Like, don't just try to pencil me in, like, without my knowledge. Like, no, uh, uh. Mm. Um. Okay. So, since you're a writer and a poet. What I ask this typically, but I genuinely want to know what inspires you. Life, life, people, experience, children. I learn from everyone. Yeah, like I learn from observation. I learn from. This is so cool, by the way. I never. So side note, <laughs> I never knew anybody who knew how to do the tips. Who knew how to roll? Yes. Yes, and I've always wanted to. So after the show, <laughs> yes, of course, of um, course, because I prefer papers. Uh, oh, okay. So yes. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But each one's on. each one. Yes. So. But carry on. Yes. Um, writing. Me. Writing. Um, for me, so writing is a spiritual experience. Um, I've been writing since I can remember as a kid I was writing songs I was designing and sketching things in my book I love like styling so fashion is also a thing for me um really yeah it's a That's big good thing to know there's shirts that I have that I'm like hmm I can't do it but maybe somebody can <laughs> oh yeah I'm very big on one of the things that I actually converted into is um and I'm rebranding it right now is um 
minority or black owned brands and like styling those i love to travel i travel all around the world that's a part of my big part of my ministry and healing journey and so writing is a space in which i address all shit political shit because i am an activist um sexual shit because i love love sex i love it i'm one of those that i advocate for things that people don't want to talk about yeah you know what i'm saying i talk about i had a whole episode on safe sex uh the reality of stis the reality of hiv and aids how it's different you know educating and there's some people that they don't i had a discussion with the guests about how a lot of black and brown communities don't like to discuss that you know what i mean they Mm want to they want to fuck but they don't want to know the repercussions of if you don't protect yourself you know what i'm saying it's i think also a lot of unprotected sex goes into subconsciously wanting a family yes it does but it does um it has even with me even recently like it's just like no judgment i've had my moments don't get me wrong but i've also had my experiences and (laughs) yeah because they never think like it's like we don't come from a certain thing and we want that but we don't ever think about it as we're not equipped so you want a healthy relationship but you've never seen that now life has hit you you have your own personal experiences with trauma so that's another that's a lens on top of a lens that's like keeping you i'm saying from seeing the full spectrum and scope of things and how to go about attaining Mm -hmm. things like a lot of people the basic things uh they don't have a down pad to exist in a relationship let alone start a family because you're only going to recreate all that you've known yes um I saw a TikTok where the grandma was telling the daughter, uh, she announced that she was pregnant, and the, and the lady tells her, why? You can't even handle the ones that you have. And I thought that was so real, because let's face it, a lot of, I, I personally have talked to them myself in my small circle, have friends that, or a friend that got pregnant, and I said, told her the same thing. You know, in the end, I supported her. But the first thing I thought, like, why would you have another kid? You are in the system. Why would you have another kid? You see what I'm saying? Behind closed doors, I think there's a lot of emotional warfare that goes into of that. Of course. While they're all, fucking. Yeah. And then it results in this, like, oh, shit, it's real. And it, no, you're right. And that's exactly what she answered. Like, I, I, want, I thought I wanted another kid, but I didn't think the dad was going to leave me. No, I think that... <laughs> but you're right. It has to do with... It's all psychological. It's all it is. Psychological. Because for me, like, for example, I write about this. I have a blog called Murder She Wrote on Medium. Okay. And I wrote about this, like... So, I grew up... Thank you. Mm-hmm. What is I it about? Up, I grew up... Um, well, there are different topics I talk about. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like... And there's no sequence. It's just, like, what comes up in my heart and what I finish. That's dope. And what's, you know, relevant. I speak on social matters. I speak on political matters. I speak on things relevant to women. Because it's all things femme, all things black. So that's like the dialogue we're having there. There's a piece that I did um, called Woman in Silence. And I speak on pretty much coming to a space within yourself where as a woman you have to examine like the very things and principles that you were taught as a child. And what that taught you about love. So, for example, I'm an African woman. 
my father was born in Nigeria. That comes with a whole patriarchal upbringing, like based in misogyny and, you know, double standards and all types of shit that spilled over into his parenting. So whereas my brothers were told, oh, you don't really have to cook clean and do these things because you're going to get a wife. I was told I had to learn these things because one day I was going to be a wife. Forgetting or never even walking me through the, the, the importance of, hey, you should learn these things because one day you're going to have to take care of you. And then I saw my, my father, like, legit, like, relationships. Like, you know, my mom passed, gave birth to me. And so my dad was a widow, and he was raising three kids. And he legit, like, you know, recruited a woman along the time. And uh, one woman, two long-term relationships I saw him in. And I saw how he treated women. I saw how he took care of women. On one hand, he built a standard for me because I see my father take care of women. But I also seen that very control be a narcissistic thing and he was a narcissist and so that impacted me and that informed my style of you know love um, my perspective about men and so when I came into the world I was already sexually traumatized mm -hmm. I already you know had went through a lot of abuse in my home already by men so I was very jaded and that also showed up in how I chose to deal with men, my lack of emotional availability, all of those things, how I communicated. And then on the flip side, on my mom's side, my biological maternal side, it's all fucking women dominating. Like mm -hmm. the men- The exact opposite of what you were raised. The, yes, the men are literally betas and they, only, they coexist because they know their place. Like they're not making more than a woman. They're not, you know what I'm saying, in certain spaces, they're, they're just not doing it. and. But the woman, I noticed that they still have a gentle way of being with this man that is not necessarily energetically matched with them, but it works for them. And so me and my cousins in our generation is like, yo, I can't deal with a certain caliber of men, but fuck, that's what comes to me. That's <laughs> what attracts, I always put a mean, we attract men that need therapy. <laughs> You did not need this pussy. You did not need this pussy. Cause damn, it, 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 it's a, it's a resolution, but baby, not it's not it's not giving what you truly need. And it's like you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I I think that you know. Also, I grew up around my brothers, so even the way I shift and move and shake with a nigga, it's like a lot of men can't handle that. You have to be a, a certain type of caliber to handle me because I'm a woman that I feel I'm going to speak to the king in you. I'm going to, dem I'm very demanding. Mm -hmm. I am not nice when it comes to, we have to move forward and we have to get this done because this is, this boils down to stability. I'm not impressed by finding things. I've been exposed to finding things. I come from the hood, but I've also taken myself around the world. I have friends around the world. I've done beautiful things i've exposed myself and yeah. exposure is a hell of a thing because now it's like i know better exposure and knowledge is you know what i mean that's and healing and healing definitely and to know to acknowledge that you need to heal you know what i'm saying right like not a, a, especially like in the black and brown culture we are not i was not taught uh you go to therapy i was taught if, if you have to do those things you're crazy right you know what i mean and like right. you need to be in a mental institution and, and we don't do those things now um i will admit my dad was and because he was like i said i, I and i've said it before i came from a little bit more of a privilege my dad would always when my parents got divorced he put us in therapy 
You know what I mean? I got exposed to it as a young age, thanks to my dad. Right. Uh, and then, you know, when my brother passed, we went to therapy. You know what I mean? Um, then as I got older and I got divorced and I lost my brother in the same year, so I went through it that year. Uh, and it wasn't until I made stupid mistakes that I was like, all right, I guess I better start to heal. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had to acknowledge it. And a lot of the older Hispanic generation, girl, they don't think like that. You know what I mean? It's like, that was the past. You get over it. You just get over it. You know what I mean? When right. it's really their own unhealed trauma themselves. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think that our generation has been you know we've been blessed in this to be in a space of um information yes mm-hmm. it's the internet as well the internet of course mm-hmm. the internet is good and bad mm-hmm. you know yes I it's agree. good and bad mm-hmm. and so it's like on the good side there's a lot of identification mm-hmm. um there's a lot of you know things going up why well, I call it the Instagram therapist where it's like <laughs> we see these memes we're like oh my god the be- the boxes on checkout I'm, you know and we get like we get real uh, you know uh, reflective of ourselves and I feel like yeah like I had to recognize in my own individual journey like you know I even not knowing my mother like and not seeing her and being raised by her I mirrored a lot of her choices yeah yeah same same. Merit a lot of her choices. So it's deeper than I'm doing this to you right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, yo, I'm really shedding skin from generations of trauma. Yes. And yeah. mm-hmm. it sometimes it gets it's not sometimes it's very ugly. It it's, is. It's very ugly. It is. It is very ugly and it's very hard. And um, in my situation, you know, that I my. I don't talk about it much, but long story short, my relationship with my mom was, was very complicated because of that. Because she had so much trauma that was unhealed, it reflects, because that's who raises you, you know right. what I'm saying? So it reflects onto you, and I didn't realize this until, like I said, something drastic had to happen. I lost my brother, I got divorced, and I went through something, and then that's when I realized, like, not only am I hurting from the trauma from that... I, I'm hurting from the trauma of what happened. You know what I mean? Right. Like growing up, and uh, I joke cause about it a lot. Sometimes I'll make jokes on the podcast, but exactly what we're talking about, you know, it's that generation. They just don't. Even though you can give them all the information and mm-hmm. show them, you know, look, this and this and that, they some of them just don't want to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I was told. Now, luckily for me, my dad's a veteran. So, of course, he goes and gets his therapy for the obvious reason, mm-hmm. you know. And then when they lost <clears> their <throat> son, that was another time where he went for therapy. And he would always tell me, if you need me to go with you, I'll go with you, okay? Yeah. So, uh, my dad is always that person that's, like, open for it. And then you have these two different parents, you know what I mean? So, uh, but yes, like you were saying, it's just acknowledging your trauma and it's that's that sometimes it's older we have to wait till we get it's it. it's funny as i'm hearing you speak i i um career wise i've okay so i've always been um an overachiever mm-hmm. within my rowdiness you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um even when i was in my rebellious teenage stage mm-hmm. i still took ap classes still had a job still mm-hmm. i was in the streets but i was still going to class still doing these things um, up to the point where I was sent away to alternative school in Arizona 
Um, by the time I came out, I had graduated high school. I graduated high school when I was 16. I remember I was in a John Hopkins program. Like, when I was 14, I was going, I was taking legal classes at John Hopkins. Like, it was, I was very much so, like, above and beyond. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't have that support, so to speak, because I was a girl child. Mm-hmm. And so it was like all of these things created imposter syndrome. Like all these, I had to go through this. Then I had the trauma that I had to go through. And my father never put us in therapy. You know, um, it wasn't. I started working with mentally disabled adults. Um, I started working with adults that had cerebral palsy, and then I got exposed to different, you know, different type of mental um, disabilities. And I worked through that and then I got into social work I was a case manager in a mental health shelter mm-hmm. um, I was a woman like I, I was in the shelter and then I got out the shelter and then I became a case manager yeah, in a mental health shelter and then I moved on to ACS and I did all this these work this training around trauma around mental illness and it wasn't until legit I was in the midst of pretty much being targeted at work um, and I had to go to therapy. I was at first going to therapy because I decided to sue them. And uh, when I decided to go to therapy, I was at first like, I'm just going to try to prove emotional distress. And then I started to actually, I couldn't fake that. Yeah. Um, Started to work through that. But it took me, I'm 29. I'll be, like I said, 30 in May. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was 27 that I admitted I got raped. I got molested. I was abused. Mm-hmm. Like all these things that I worked around every single day. Yeah, you were you had it inside of you. It was all happened every happened. single day, yeah. and like it's just like you know you don't understand the layers in which it takes to really unravel trauma. And uh, sometimes, like you know, it's like I always say, I wish I would have made it to therapy sooner. Yeah. Hey, you made it sooner in your adult life than I did. So kudos to you. Thank you. <laughs> Seriously. I'm, I'm 40 and I didn't realize it until I was in my like 33, 34. Imagine you know I mean? it's like so. it's literally like you have shit on your shoe and you're walking around like <laughs> where is that smell coming from? Mm-hmm. And you're smelling and you're looking around and it's just like it's me. It's and you, you <laughs> right? And it should be obvious like you then track there in the house and you look in and it's literally leading up but you're not getting it. <laughs> and I that's how I felt when I was professionally like doing all of this but not getting that oh god was leading me to a place to reflect on the shit I had went through. Yeah. You know, and that's when I was like, okay, therapy is like, it's, it's, it's normalized for me. Oh yeah. So. It's, it's very normalized. And between me and my kids, we went to therapy. We went to therapy. Like, uh, my daughter, she's gone through so many different, she's 23. She didn't know what she wanted to be till this year. <laughs> hey, it's okay. But, uh, she did psychology as well. So she, um, she understands like things so i think the relationship we have i'm glad is a lot better than me and my mom because i'm open to those things you know what i mean like, right my change the narrative yes my kids came to me and like look i think we need therapy like a couple years ago <laughs> and i was like oh, fine <laughs> it's a hard pill to swallow you know when it's but your it's kid true. but you gotta do it um Okay, that was a great conversation because I discussed a lot of mental health. So, um, all right. So there's uh, ten. There's topics when I we say taboo, and that is actually a taboo. 
uh, in our community, you know, getting help. That is a taboo. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about sex taboos. Um, you had, uh, I can't remember. You had mentioned one and I was going to be like, that is a t- Oh, yes. Okay. Practicing monogamy is actually a taboo these days. And that is sad. That is sad that it is a taboo. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've heard any, uh, but I talk about monogamy. I've talked about it on other shows other podcast shows um and just because of the experiences I've had uh like I told you I was married once upon a time uh didn't work out I wasn't uh what do you call it jaded or well for a little bit I was but I got over that I I was a whole everything I, I was in my 20s having a family and so then my 30s was like if you lived in your 20s you know what I mean because my kids were big anyway so that's what they say. They say 30s is like the 20s. I'm like, I hope so because my 20s have been ghetto. Okay, well, well, I had a whole family. Get me so out of here. Mine was a little ghetto too. <laughs> Shit. No, we had our moments. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but at the same time, like, sometimes I used to think, like, man, I wish I would have been able to do this in my 20s. But I had to, in therapy, learn you got to stop going back. You know what I mean? You can't right. keep going on what you could have done. You just got to move forward and do what you got to do. Uh, but having said that, uh, I don't believe in monogamy. Me, personally. I uh, I don't think we were meant to have sex with one person for the rest of our lives. Now, to each his own, I do not knock it. When I get a certain age, I'm probably going to want it just because, you know what I mean, like... I don't want to be in my 60s and keep fucking like, you know, (laughs) but who knows, you know, (laughs) my dad, Adam on the show, he's a, well, he actually, everybody, my dad found, uh, he's going to settle down with one of his ladies, but my dad was pretty like, uh, he's 72 and he always played the field and I just always would be like, me and my kids would be like, uh, when my dad had his apartment, he has a house now, my daughter would stay with him. She's like, mom grandpa had like two different women like just they just came real quick to pick stuff up because they were hanging out like they were on a date and <laughs> i would always be like dad <laughs> so he's the og but he has finally decided you know i'm gonna settle down with one woman <laughs> so so the funny thing about me and monogamy so check this out mm-hmm. grandmother lucille Miss Lucille Stanley, oh my God, vibe. Um, my grandmother, I never saw it. Like, the way she carried men were, is literally very disposable on some. You're here to fuck, you're here to provide and get out. You, I don't want you seeing my kids. I don't want you. That, that's me. Yeah, and that's legit. Like, we had no relationship with her boyfriends, right? Mm-hmm. And so my grandmother was, like, very um, magnetic. So yeah. men loved her. And, like, we all as women possess that same. Like, a man can't be around me and not, like... You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. it's just not giving. It's happening. You're going to fall for me. So it's I like. I feel the same way. <laughs> right? Because you know, you know. When yes. you got that, you got that. You know. So I grew up around a grandmother like that. I grew up around, you know, that never really, never. She married, but like, it was, you know, before us. And mm-hmm. then she decides to just do her own thing. Hell yeah. To, to death. Like, I'm talking about my grandmother was legit Alzheimer's in the nursing home. Still had three boyfriends bringing her flowers. And, I'm like, Grandma, <laughs> shit. Like, you can't remember these niggas' names. Like, you With know. Alzheimer's and everything. Right. Yeah. 
shit. Right. I hope that if that happens to me, I go out like that. Right? Like, you know what I'm saying? My, my mother was married to my father for 17 years before mm-hmm. passing. So, my you know, my aunt that passed, she was married to her husband. My aunt right now that's alive, she's married to she's been married to her husband for 40 years. My aunt just just passed. She's been, she was married for over 40 years. So, I have women that like I did see marriage, that but is then a good thing in a way though. Yes, but also it's the energetic match. They're also on top of these men, and so it's like <laughs> I like being dominated, but also like I've never been with a man that knows how to lead and things like that nature. Um, but also I'm okay with leading myself. Yeah, I just want someone. I don't feel like I have to think for you. Um, the sex has to be. I like having sex every single day. Yes, like, yes. I think I that agree. that has been an issue um, in our relationships because it's like even when it's just bad, I'm like, okay, so can we fuck? Like, you know, like, <laughs> like it's not necessarily a cure all, but I just feel like that's just me. Um, and and I like being with one person. I like you know even I feel like I know though. I have a tendency, like, when I'm, like, checking out, like, I'll entertain other people, but mm-hmm. I don't, when I was younger, I'm, like, if I went, I had revenge sex, like, maybe, like, once or twice, but it literally was, like, you know, I was okay with it, and I literally was, like, yeah, I did it, like, I didn't yeah. even get caught, like, I was just, like, yeah, X, Y, and Z, if you want to leave, leave, and it was, like, get back, but, <laughs> you know, going all that, I was, like, yeah, it's not me, like, I don't want to, you know, do that. And I enjoy being with one person. However, when I'm dating and I'm single, I enjoy being with multiple people. I yeah. enjoy still fucking one person and, you know, well, occasionally so- fucking. <laughs> <laughs> like, if it comes up and it's cool and, you know, the vibes are right, the vibes are right. But I have a tendency to, like, fuck one person at a time and then move on. Yeah. Like, I could fuck with you for six months and then it's like we break it off. And then I'm like, I might not fuck with someone for, like, two months or whatever. And then as soon as I'm comfortable with someone else on the roster... I'll fuck with them. Yeah. So, you know what I'm no, saying? No, no, no. I see which I, I agree completely. I You're right. You have, like, a like a roster, a lineup. You know what I mean? Of, and my father was never really monogamous. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? So, it's just, like, I also feel like I am very cultured to where I understand mm. po- polygamy. I understand that the man is, like, I would, you know, if that could work out. But I feel like these niggas can't afford it. Like, you cannot afford <laughs> You cannot afford it. You're not being my knees, her knees, and all that shit. Because you got to pay bills over here, over there. You got to get a dick over there. Like, you niggas be complaining off of one woman. Like, you're not built. Like, I think people like the idea of it because they're like, oh, yeah. Like, how could, you know what I'm saying? But it's different when you actually want it every day. You know what I mean? Like, you're not fucking all of us every day, (laughs) sir. And then going to work and then splitting up your check and however. Like, boy, bye. Like, you know... (sighs) homegirl it's an expensive lifestyle it's an expensive but at the same time at the fuck part i do believe there are some men that can do that just from my experience in dating there are men that i have met that live fucking double lives and i think the same (laughs) thing like how do you do this at least my dad like he was single you know what i mean and these men sometimes are in relationships you know and i'm just like I don't find out till later and then I'm just there like how do you do it like how like honestly I I don't I don't know I feel like you know I am a selfish lover I think that's just like that's what it is and that's okay monogamy is okay but it's weird because there's also a double standard I'm not gonna say I'm a hypocrite but it's like if I'm fucking with multiple people I also don't want to fuck with other people (laughs) so it's like like, 
I understand how you feel, but honey, that's not the way it so goes. So it's like, but it, it normally, it nor honestly, it's wet like that for me. I'm like, I've, I've, I've been in those situations where it's like, you know, I'm fucking with you, I'm fucking with you, I'm fucking with you. And like I said, I was in three relationships at once and I kept mm-hmm. it open and like we would I would go out with them to like like you know my girlfriend's thing and it was cool like it was definitely cool I think that everyone wanted more than what I was willing to give at yeah. some point in time mm-hmm. and so because I'm the catalyst of everything I was like okay this is too much um but it was you know I would say the biggest thing is having to tend to everyone's emotional needs and I am not with that shit like I'll be like okay you're doing too much like yeah that's how you know yeah so think that's why I think I could that's mainly why I would choose monogamy because I don't want to deal with everyone's fucking emotions well no 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 you're right um but I just don't do relationships that's just right now though that's where I'm at right now you Mm -hmm. know what I mean like I said it can definitely change and honestly, that is my, from my unhealed uh, relationship issues. You know what I mean? That I, I don't want to fucking get a word, child. Like, I'm good. I am good. I'm good. I, I think that... Um, so it I comes, don't do relationships. Yeah, it comes a point in time in a relationship. Like, it comes a point in time in a relationship with yourself where you have to really be like, is this making me happy? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, and anything that is not making you happy or fulfilling, yeah, fall back from it. <laughs> fall back. Like, all the fucking way. Fat Joe that shit. Lean yes. back. Like, all the way. Like, but at the same time, because I, I, I have so much time doing I, different things, you know what I mean? I feel like... Um, like I said, it's more of a polyamorous kind of thing. Like, uh... I don't know. I, if I want to give you my time, I'll give it to you. Because time to me, when you're single for so long, you start to cherish your time. You know what I mean? Right. Like you, I love my time with myself more than I love it with anybody else. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so in order for me to even make the time for you, I'll do it. But just please understand like how privileged as am I to be in your presence as well. You know what I mean? I do my best not to surround myself with people that I don't feel the same. You know, like I'm I'm blessed to be in your time as well. Because mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? Like yes. everybody's time is precious. It's precious that's you know? our most I say time is our currency. Yes. It's our you know what I'm saying, we can't get that back. And people waste time. Like people, Girl, I always say, mm-hmm. if it's not gonna matter in five minutes or five years, let, try to let it go in five minutes. And so, like, I think that a lot of people would run to me dismissive, but it's like I honestly don't give a fuck. Like, like, yeah. and the shit that I like, the things that I hold on to, I think is like the principle in the matter. So if I see something reoccurring and it boils down to the same principle, I care about that because it's like I have you around me, and that boils down to a character flaw. Yeah. But it's like other than that, I don't be trying like not much upsets me. Like you know, other than the, the principle mm-hmm. of the fucking matter. Like and people do not be having no values, no principles. They and don't. But I personally, they're not worth your energy. They're not. They're really not. Because then they're that that lets them know that they got a little bit of you. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And don't let people get. The only people that will ever get the little the, me are my kids. Children. Mm-hmm. And I even say, I used to say it may be my parents, but definitely my kids. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? of Seriously. course. So, uh, I just don't, don't get me wrong, I'm human. I have my, like, fuck, fuck you, bitch, like, you know, or fuck you, motherfucking asshole, like. 
But it is what it is, and you know what? I truly believe in karma. I don't wish bad karma, but let me just say I have my ancestors on my side, so... And they down a ride, and they down a slide when it's... <laughs> like, they, they slide, okay? They, they definitely sure slide. They like, sure do. They slide, so, you know. Um. Okay, let's say something else uh, taboo. So, how do you feel about oral sex? Mm, I it is a taboo. I, so I, so I told you I was going to drop this um this article. I haven't. I'm literally editing it. It's called "Eat the Pussy or Starve," and like I was in a relationship recently, and it was one of those things where it was like the oral sex wasn't giving mm-hmm. to a point where like it was it was dope, but it wasn't happening frequently and it wasn't happening like as sporadically as I was used to with mm-hmm. previous partners. Yeah. And so I started to read up on things. Like I'm like, okay, like, you know, what are what are women in relationships, like what are their relationships with oral sex? Like because I started to notice that I didn't really want it as much, but I did, but I didn't it's like I but I was noticing a pattern where I was literally not really like in previous relationships where it's like, okay, like if my, based off my partner's performance uh, I would base how much I wanted it or whatnot because I'm not the type. Of, I don't want to over direct and that's not. That, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so like I would say I love receiving. You know what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. love receiving, but I feel like my partner has to want to give and learn and be teachable and not be egotistical about it because yeah. it's like this is my pussy. Like I, you know what I'm saying? Like if I'm not doing something that true, like I personally, I'm fire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> this mouth is fire. But <laughs> in the same breath, it's like if if I, for whatever reason, I'm not flowing your boat in a certain capacity, you, I want you to reserve the right to tell me that. Um, I feel like oral sex is a must. I feel like mm-hmm. it should happen mm-hmm. to both parties each time sex is happening. Um, I feel like there should be points in times where like sex, you know, pen- you, penetration doesn't have to be involved. Just give it, just yeah. receive it. Like, yeah. you know, so I love, I love oral sex. Um, yeah. You love receiving and giving. I love giving when I'm fucking with the person. Like, yeah. I don't think a lot of niggas deserve that from me. <laughs> Girl, I'm going to tell you this right now. As much as I love, I have an oral fixation, like for real. I've been diagnosed with an oral fixation I have. So I enjoy it. But I had to learn this past couple of years. You're absolutely right. I don't not know. Y'all, your attitude is not worth a dick sign. No, exactly. Your lack of communication. Your lack your, of communication, your, your vibe, anything. Like, you know what I mean? It not I can't be sucking no dick with that with that <laughs> No bad exactly, vibes. Dick. No. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um But yes, you're absolutely right. Not everybody deserves it because I feel the same way. Like my shit is I love like, but even still, as a bisexual woman, I love eating pussy. Do you? I, I do. I tried it. It wasn't for me. I do, I and I had a new found, you know, and I had a new found. That's why I have a newfound re- respect for niggas because what? Oh, I bet I have what? a lot of. It's uh, it gets real yes. eating pussy. It gets super fucking real, <laughs> and I was like, yo, I love this, but it's like one of those things where it's like. I feel like because I was a woman, you know, and she was a woman and it was, it was dope. Like it was super dope for me. Um, but I, I'm also choosy with like the woman I partner with because sometimes women can be a lot for me. 
Like, big a lot for me. And it's crazy. I think <laughs> because it's because we are alive. We are alive. <laughs> we and we deserve be. to be alive. No, and yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, in a good way. You know, yeah, I just are. need a mel Like, if if, if, a, if I'm dealing with a woman, she has to be as mellowed out as, as I am. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah. But I, 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 I love oral sex. <laughs> I approve of that message. <laughs> well, because some people, it, it can be a taboo, and like some. I believe it or not. I agree. I think it is a must. It is a must in any relationship, any sexual relationship you have. It should be done every time. I agree a million percent. Uh, but there's some men out there that don't like to do it. I think there's the it's that don't when there's men out there that I feel also use it like to their advantage like they know they're fire and they're like oh all right like i'm not fuck with your attitude it's like why do i have to sexually suffer because you are in your feels boy well, eat this pussy like and that's where the evil me comes out and then we'll be like well if you don't want to give it to me you know Right, <laughs> and, and then it's like that's fucked up for saying it, but it's the truth. But it's the truth, <laughs> and I say it, and I say it, <laughs> and I say it. I, I do, and it's so I do fucked too, up. Girl. I do too. But I'm just like, you know, don't. What's which I'm sure the same. But where are you right now? That's your hair. That's okay. okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you could find somebody else. I could too. But we're right here, right now. Exactly, What's giving? <laughs> Definitely yes. Um, okay, I'll go over one more. Um, hmm. Make it good. Oh no, there's like zero. There's so many here. Um, we already talked about that one, kind of. Um, it's between anal sex and fetishes. Which one do you want to go over? Fetishes. Okay, fetishes. Oh, my God. So, like, <laughs> you know what <laughs> It's so traumatizing. Like, <laughs> legit. <laughs> Yo, I've had this discussion with somebody. <laughs> but you're not lying. <laughs> when I was in fucking, I remember I was in high school, and my friend's mom, like, she was this little tiny thing. And um, she was telling us, like, she, I guess she got herself with, um, a six four, like you know, like mm -hmm. a black guy, whatever. And she's like, yeah, like you know, like she has to go to the ER because they tried mm -hmm. oral sex and what? yes, and as she ended up in the ER, I'm like, imagine me in the ER because of oral sex. <laughs> like I'm mean, not oral sex, sorry, anal sex. And I was like, fuck no, like absolutely the fuck not. So I always like have my taboo. Like I was like, nah, I can't do it. <laughs> and then so there was a year I was fucking. I like I like I was um, fucking with someone, and he was a little older than I was, and mm -hmm. you know more experienced. Yeah. And my best friend at the time was like, um, oh, like it's super dope when you do it right. Like that was her whole thing. Like for you, she was like, you mean you do it? So I'm like, you know what? Before like this year's over, I'm gonna conquer this. And girl, I did not. It was not giving. It was painful, and I was just like, you know, like it didn't. Mm -mm, I'm no, good. It's not. No, no, it's not. I, I can do a thumb. <laughs> I can do a thumb. You can eat my ass, but, but anything. I'm good. Else. No, 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 no. Uh, once upon a time when I was married, I did it then. But now I feel like it traumatized me then. You know what I mean? Because I uh, have this. I can't remember who I had this it always feels like you have to take a shit like always Yo. always uh and yeah so but after a while it can be pleasing 
but that's what they say i'm just not willing to no that's me either that's how i feel now i've it. been so long how you so think i'm not willing long. to train no uh-uh yeah i'm not willing to go through that again yeah. just it, the pleasure is not worth it i, I like pleasure more on the other side of me yeah like i, I think you know butt plug all those things is cool um but nothing too crazy no i'm good yeah okay and then the fetishes Fetishes. Fetishes. Um, There's so many people have foot fetishes. People have big girl fetishes. People have. Um, I, I don't. Mm, fetishes. So many different ones. People have I like know. Asian fetishes. Big dick fetishes. Big dick. Like, that would be like, I like. I don't I know like, what mine would be, but I like I like brown skin. I love. I don't know. Like I love brown. I brown skin. Um, I love just define black men mm-hmm. um, but I also appreciate like other men you know um, outside of my race but yeah like the black man absolutely um, the black woman absolutely so I think if I had a fetish it would probably be that more than anything um, kinks and stuff I'm always down to try <laughs> like I'm always <laughs> down to like I'm saying crazy shit but um, nothing I'm not really hooked to anything I like to like maybe having sex in unusual places like i love to be like let's have sex here like that's me so yeah yeah public sex. i, I don't have <laughs> i love public sex well, okay so what what is uh i've heard that before what is public sex out in public like i've had sex in restaurants i've had sex in pools i've had sex in. i used to do like, that when i was very very young the, like it's just like and just let's just have sex right here why not okay yeah i'm just you know what? I did that before it was a thing. <laughs> I did that when I was very young. As much as you could do it, do it. Yeah. Fuck it. It's like been a while. But... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. You know. Um. Okay. So I'm gonna play a little game with you here, and then we're pretty much almost done. But it's gonna be. Oh wait, where is it? It's the would. It's my would you rather sex edition. Okay? Oh. Okay. Okay. So. Would you rather play hard to get or give in after a short while? Play hard to get. Play hard to get. Okay. Um, would you rather watch porn or would you rather use like um, like a magazine or something? Watch porn. Okay. Um, spanked or choked? Choked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good sleep. Would you rather have a good sleep or good sex? Good sex. Okay. <laughs> we can sleep when we're dead. <laughs> um, would you rather take a body shot or have one taken off you? Take one. Have sex for twenty four hours or go without sex for two days? Ooh, um, uh, I'm gonna just have sex. <laughs> I'm gonna just have sex because okay. we can nap. You know what I'm saying? Like, do all that. Okay, ice cubes or hot wax? Ice cubes. Um, sex in extreme cold or heat? Heat. Heat? Mm-hmm. Heat. Okay, sex in the park or at the beach? Park. Backyard or backyard? Backyard or front porch? Front porch. 
Would you rather give a good hand job or a good blow job? Blow job. <laughs> Would you have your okay? <laughs> Would you rather have your parents find um like your stuff on the couch or use condom in between the couch? Use condom. Okay. <laughs> okay. <That ain't> mine. <laughs> Would you rather be a virgin till you're forty or not have sex after forty? I'll be a virgin. <laughs> I'll be a virgin. All right, all right. Would you rather be chained or blindfolded to bed? Chained. Okay, and last one. Would you rather walk in the house uh, with just underwear or go out with just underwear? I don't go out with underwear. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess be in the house that way. Okay. Um, okay. That was my would you rather sex edition. I like that. Thank you. That was You're fun. Welcome. Okay, so and then just a little few more questions. So describe how you feel art is important in society. Uh, art is expression. It's timeless. I think it documents time. Um, it documents the times that we're in. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, like we are all art. Yes, we all, I agree. All are, your existence is art, so do something with it. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to. I think in the process of like you know developing what that may look like, it's not gonna always be easy. Like it's not always gonna be something tangible that you can attain. Like or you're reaching for some things are like just like internal. But understand that all of that is cultivating like you know your own. Existence yeah. and your own existence is your artistry. So definitely, yeah, I agree. I agree on that one. Um, do you? You don't have kids, do you? No. Do you want kids? It's I, it, there's no right or wrong answer. I told you I didn't. So <laughs> I I want I want children. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, what do you love? Uh, the, your, one of your most favorite things about being a woman and one of your least favorite things about being a woman my most my favorite thing about being a woman is the fact that I will bite your head off and I will <laughs> make yeah. you dinner and I will still be there for you mm-hmm. um, you know I love our diversity I love our dynamics um, I think we are the most notorious beings walking this earth um and so just being a woman in itself is is just like a superpower hell yeah um there is no least favorite part of it because i felt like i went through years of feeling like all of it was my least favorite part yeah yeah um the growing pains and experiences like fuck like you know i'm a woman i should know but also you know that's what makes you more you know um of a gem as you're as you're being cultivated so i think womanhood is is beautiful um i think it isn't easy but i feel like we are we're fucking doing this shit like hell yeah that's just all there is to it we're doing it and we're doing it to the best of our abilities and that's all that matters so i agree and good answer about there is no (laughs) least favorite part i love being a woman too you're right it has its moments where it does get hard but we're women you know we're gonna get through it and we're gonna make it because that's what we do right (laughs) no matter what the situation is so um 
does it help you in other areas of your life art yes um i am a spoken word poet i'm a writer um even experience other people's art like i can't really i don't consider myself someone that draws and whatnot but people but that art create, art, you know what i mean yeah like i can take that all in i can find inspiration i can find depth um like I said, I think love is art. I think, you know, loss is art. I think just living in itself is art. So it is. I look at all of these things and I draw from it and I'm able to create art, you know, because poetry is art for me. So yeah. being able to do what I do and speak how I speak um, with authority, um, it comes from lived experiences. And so that that comes in, that in itself is art. So, Yeah. Okay, and then last question I ask everybody. I try to ask it in different ways, but I need to come up with other ways because I've worded it so many ways. So what do you want to be remembered for when you leave planet Earth? (laughs) I want to be remembered as somebody that was herself. Whether you knew me, you know, and of course herself is like someone that knew herself so I just want to be I want to live and maximize my fullest potential and I know there's different versions of me like flowing around because everyone experiences you in different moments in space in your life but when it's all said and done I want the people closest to me that have seen me develop and go through the fire and like to like I call it refiner's fire um, go through my own refiner's fire that when it all comes down to it like they're like yes like she left her imprint so ultimately like being the best that I could be and like you know walking within my truth my purpose and impacting everybody I come across I want to be remembered yeah. as a real ass bitch hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah um well, do you have anything else you want to add before we... And then I want you to shout out yourself and tell us where we can find you. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thank you for this space. Thank you for your hospitality. Um, I'm grateful. I know everyone listening to this, like, uh, y'all get the, you know, the after effects. But if someone's the truth, um, you know, and I'm just blessed to be in your space. So thank you for everything. Um, woman to woman. Yeah. You know. Thank you for being here. Thank, thank you. you. Like I said, thank you. Um, a million times I always thank my guests because I know time is, I always say time is money, but at the same time, time is very valuable. So same, you know, thank you for allowing your time with me as well. So, yeah. And you're always welcome back. Of course, like, you know, I have things, like, I'm planning, um, like, I have my own, um, I'm a a curator, so I originally moved here um, from New York to get back into that space, so next year I will be having events, Um, I'm a holistic healer, so I have, like, products, I do Yanni's themes and whatnot, so I'm rebranding, and, and, you know, in the interim, like, I am Lola Speaks, um, you can find me on Instagram, Lola Speaks, and I think it's about like three S's on the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty much, yeah, I'm like I'm hibernating because I have to like plan. So we, just, yeah. I think the end of the year, generally speaking, for a lot of us creators, is about planning, strategizing yes. to execute, mm-hmm. make sure next year we're doing what needs to be done. So I'm taking that time. Um, so I probably won't be like I had a performance last night. Shout mm-hmm. out to Sacred Fantasy. Dope, Shout out, um, she was on the show. <laughs> yeah, dope, dope ass guided uh, painted um, event. 
Um, but that's like the last one I'm sitting on. I know that there is an upcoming um, plate sale she'll be having uh, with um, a, uh, with her with her business partner as well, and it's like on the twenty second. So okay. uh, I believe it's uh, Elsa's Kitchen. Okay. So I believe Elsa's Kitchen, like in Sacred, they're gonna be having like a, a brunch. So uh, I might pop out to that. Probably morally well, even if it's to just you know support Say my people yeah. and get my food because <laughs> you know I'm always some food. I know. You know? And, they, and they and Elsa's Kitchen food is very very good. So. Um, I've been looking forward to that But after that It's hibernation mode Like New Year's yeah. coming up We all have a lot to do And manifest And so like I guess what I will leave people with Is like You can find me on Instagram um, If you are into reading And you You know You, you enjoy that uh, Even if you aren't You know Find me uh, My blog is Murder She Wrote That's on Medium uh, the medium platform is dope. Um, even if you're, you know, I feel like everyone should be on that writing. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, it's just a dope platform. I'm growing. Um, it's a really authentic space. I love it. And yeah, like, um, yes, I can't, I can't wait to meet more people in San Antonio. I'm Hell here yeah. now. So yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I may even go because I actually, as you can see, I'm a writer myself. I have always been good at that. Uh, I journal. So. Yes, child said journaling. Yes, I journal. I have always journaled because, like I said, I went to therapy and they kind of teach you that. Right, <laughs> it's a good skill. No it problem. is. It really is. Uh, but once again, um, thank you uh, for being here, and um, don't forget to look her up. Uh, I too may actually take a break at the end of the year just to be with family and all that stuff. It's so. important. The holidays is coming up. Yes. You know, recalibration. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I think we're in this day of social media where we feel like we have to be seen and heal out yes. loud. But yes. I feel like document it. Like, that's the whole point of like journalists in so many different forms. You can go behind the scenes. You can record your, you know, your sessions with self. You can record these things and, and, and do these, like, you know, this diary and come pop up out and be like, hey, this is the work that I did. And my daughter others. tells me that all the time. Like, yeah. you should record yourself on, like, when you're not in. So, yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, but thank you again. Um, thank you. Yes. Um, I'm going to end it like I always do. Uh, if you haven't gotten vaccinated, do it. If you don't believe in that, fine. Uh, just be safe. Don't forget, everybody, safe sex is the best sex. And be good or be good at it. You guys have a great rest of your week. And thank you again, (laughs) ma'am. Thank you. Mm